0: You're listening to The Issues Podcast. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is an episode of The Issues Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Russ, Tom Brennan, and Martin Wickens. checking to make sure we're live here. We are. Good. All right. All right. Got a little warning back that said that we weren't live, but we are live. So that's good. Guys, welcome to the first of many live live episodes of the, the Issues podcast. It would be an understatement to say that we are having issues today. My first question why do we do this on Mondays?
1: <laughs> I don't know exactly. Why are you so positive on Monday?
0: <laughs> I, I I'm faking it. That's why. That's That's what's really happening here. No, we we were um beforehand all trying to jump on here and it was like we all forgot to how to how to use a computer all of a sudden, which for me that's a big deal. For you guys being significantly older and of, you know, of an older generation, I can understand. But
2: anyway, where, man we're here.
0: Yeah, we're here. We've got, we've got some people that are tuning in on, uh, on Facebook live. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, um, just spend the next hour or so with, uh, with whoever tunes in and then we'll upload this tomorrow. And so for those who are listening to this, uh, via our podcast platform, um, certainly, uh, you'll be, you'll be hearing it, uh, later, but, um, For now, we just want to take a few moments as people are logging on and maybe spend some time reflecting on the weekend and talk about uh, how the Lord worked in our respective ministries. And so, Martin, why don't you tell us something good, my friend?
2: Yeah, we had a good day. Um, Just a really good spirit, good fellowship. There's uh, several plans for the next couple of weeks, couple of months that are coming together. And uh, yeah, it's it's some fun stuff. And and I just really enjoyed the spirit yesterday several times. Mm You know, people just hanging around, talking, fellowshipping, and that's always good. And a lot of anticipation of some events coming up. We've got a couple's banquet on Saturday, and the response to that has been incredible. I mean, we, we've got probably double what we had last year. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, really had an encouraging day. Good, good, good. That's really good smart doing your couple's emphasis after Valentine's Day. We got all the chocolate half price, so... <laughs> No, you're such a scotchman i know right (laughs) No, no let's let's gotta have some limits on uh, name calling here (laughs) that's just a little bit that's a little bit too much
0: yeah our friendship our friendships are fragile we've got to be careful with one another uh tom how about you
1: we had an interesting day yesterday anytime it's february in the north or the midwest and it's not snowing it's a good day already our tennis was good. Spirit was good. Singing was good. I enjoyed preaching. We had um, another one baptized yesterday. We've had several saved and baptized recently. But to me, the the interesting part of the day was, and I nobody else knows this but my wife, and I'll try to be careful how I phrase this. So I'm preaching through Hebrews on Sunday night, and it's important to me that I preach through Hebrews. I, I don't want to teach it. I want to preach it. And you guys understand what I mean with that. Um, so I was preaching a verse last night um, about the title of the message was the unlimited atonement and so you have to you have to do some fair amount of teaching to present the calvinistic side of that and then the response to that and i was trying to preach it well unbeknownst you're not a calvinist uh no not since studying that verse last week i've changed my mind. so just checking that's supposed to be funny um so i'm 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 sort of getting my way through this you know but not fired up like i want to be and And the Lord brought someone to our service last night who did not agree with what I was preaching and decided to make that visibly known to me various times through the service. And the more that they did that, the more fired up I got. (laughs) (laughs) And so by the time the service was over, man, I was like a rocket. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. I think well, you Lord did ask them. the Lord to help you preach it.
1: I did. And I think he brought them just for that purpose. <laughs> and it's so rare that I can't remember, honestly, it's been years since someone did that to me in a message. And it was just like God said, okay, you, you need a little help getting fired up here. So I'm going to give it to you. It was great. Oh, my
0: goodness. Wow. So uh, maybe you don't want to go any further than that. <laughs>
1: nope. No doubt. No, not even for a dollar after the podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, my word. Wait a minute. No, we 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 get the secret stuff. Come on, man. It's what we deserve we have to put up mm-hmm. with stuff we get we get the inside scoop i'm mm-hmm. on that one are not <laughs> no okay all right <laughs> well we had a we had a good day we we had a um, a stable day uh, i say that not knowing yet what the offering was so i'm trusting that it was a stable day um one of those days where you know the lord just just helped us to to go forward uh, i am excited we're we're kicking off a new discipleship program here in a couple of weeks we're uh kind of reformatting how we're doing our baptisms we've been you know, we're, I'll, I'll be honest as a pastor, I don't, I'm not always the greatest at administrating some of the very basic things of, of the ministry. And one of the things that I know is we've had several folks who are saved who need to be baptized and that hasn't happened yet. And so I'm trying to figure out why are we, you know, why are we doing this? So we're, um, we're working things a little differently just to kind of help, you know, compel people toward, toward obedience in Christ there. And um, overall, uh, I would say highlights of the day yesterday is as I quoted Vance Havner in my morning service when he said nothing worse than a fundamentalist who's got his dispensations right and his disposition wrong. Everybody ever heard of that quote? Mm-hmm. I think I gave Tory credit for it because I couldn't remember who said it. And uh, then in the evening, uh, I actually um, stole a sermon from um, A.W. Tozer uh, and Preached on try the spirits and A.W. Tozer in Man the Dwelling Place of God. If you've ever read, read that book, he did a, a seven step uh, for the Christian on how to try the spirits. First John four, and I was reading through it and I thought, well, how how appropriate for the day in which we live. And so I enjoyed it yesterday. It was a it was one of those days the Lord really helped uh, helped our church and edified edified our church in a in a good way. So.
2: Man, so stealing sermons, you're going to be one of these pastors who let artificial intelligence write your sermon outlines for you, aren't you?
0: No, listen. It, well, don't don't get ahead of me. Uh, but it's not stealing <laughs> if you tell people where you got it. That's what I had to learn. Tom taught me that.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's he's being though. misquoted.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Tom Tom is famous There's- for his... For his quotes, There's and that's
1: blood all over the floor. We haven't even got started yet today.
0: <laughs> First of all, before we go any further here, we're going to go into some feedback and fan mail here in just a minute. I don't know if it's actually fan mail, but we called it that. Um, for our those who are in here, uh, we got we got several folks watching now. Uh, why don't you drop a comment in our Facebook feed and let us know how your day went yesterday? We'd love to rejoice with you or pray with you, uh, depending on how your day went, and if you would be so kind as to. Uh, maybe give us a good report, a uh, service report. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that little kids show that my kids watch, and they do a creature report, creature report, creature report. Uh, I
2: don't know what your kids will watch, Martin. I'm you
1: a, know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm a different generation, so you know what would I know.
2: Yeah, well, that's true. Okay, is it the, feedback um, and fan mail. What? I know our friend Marty Montgomery. He 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 knows the name of it. He sings that song, the theme tune, really well.
0: Yeah, I know. What is the name of that show? It's like a little kids the, show on pbs or something and they do a creature report
1: one of our listeners will know
0: uh yeah pro- oh octonauts they will. yeah you're right justin phillips says octonauts he's 100 correct thank you man that's wild crats. which one is it guys somebody says i was octonauts. thinking it was
2: something not so i think octonauts but again my kids are not of the uh, uh, the current cartoon watching generation so
1: i make my kids read the puritans
0: Well, my kids only watch dead things or not things that are not alive. So (laughs) ha.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. I I know you're dying to dying to get to this next spot. So go ahead. Let's see what happens.
0: Yes. We want to talk today about uh some feedback that we've received and when you podcast with people, what what the what your fellow co-hosts do oftentimes finds its way into your inbox Tom uh, or mine or martin's and so one of the feedbacks we got was uh was Tom and his quote policy Tom you've you quoted some some controversial um, people of the past and uh, actually thought it'd be a good idea for you to to share maybe what your policy is on that why you would why you would quote certain people that maybe we wouldn't but anyway go ahead
1: All right. I got three answers. All right. So I'll give them one at a time and then you guys can tell me why I'm wrong. Oh my. (laughs) All right. And then I'll tell you why you're wrong about me being wrong. Okay. So my first reason that I quote people sometimes that other people don't think I should quote is I'm not intentionally trying to stir debate or drive clicks or eyeballs. That's not how I function. So when I got out of college in a different century, I discovered this thing called email. And in reading books, I would come across these little selections, that I would say my friends would like these. And so, I emailed several of my friends, and I said, "You know, would you like if, you know, if I shared these these little nuggets of wisdom I find from the books I read? Would you like if I shared those with you?" They said yes. So, well, in the past twenty five years, it's become what I call the quote list. It has about six hundred passages on it, give or take. And I still send out one every day. So I filed those for many years. So I have thousands and thousands of quotes from hundreds and hundreds of books. So when I got on Twitter a couple of years ago, one of the things that I wanted to do was to edify as if that's possible in the Twitter space. And so I will just go through my quote files and I'll just take the next one and I'll put it on Twitter. So I got it somewhere reading something or other in the past 25 years. And so I don't intentionally put up quotes trying to make people angry. I just put them up because it's next in my list. So that's my first answer.
2: So the Good. first no answer objections. is it's just next in the list. It's just been correct. It's been there and it could have been from 10 years ago, but correct. It's just what's coming up. So you understand
1: that. Good. Let's move on to number two. <laughs> Steven's playing donkey Kong or something over there.
0: I'm just <laughs> monitoring your feedback here, Tom. People are saying all kinds of stuff about you. Go for it.
1: All right. Second <laughs> answer. Um, the people who disagree with me about who I quote need to understand that we may disagree on the person I'm quoting as to whether that's a bad individual or not. Um, I'm not necessarily going to share the same opinion of everybody who follows my Twitter page or Twitter posts. So I may have an opinion of that individual I'm quoting where I think they're good. Someone else may think they're bad. I don't think it's reasonable to expect me to agree with everybody else um, in relation to who I should quote and who I do quote. I try to do my homework on that. I try to be open to reasonable response from people that I have contact with. But it may be just as simple as the fact that I don't think that person is as bad as other people think he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this is, this is your time.
0: <laughs> this is your time to present your case.
1: Yes. Well, okay. All right. Number three. And then I have two in reserve in case I get asked a question. <laughs> who was it said, uh, don't tell people everything, you know, so might ask you a question when you get through. Yeah, no kidding. So my third Second one was, is, so like, okay. no, I don't know who it was for a dollar after the podcast. I'll tell you <laughs> what <laughs> I wouldn't just want, want to quote somebody. <clears throat> okay. So this is the other answer. Quotes are distilled wisdom. They are the reason that they got into my files in the first place is because it's a way of wording a truth or a thought that is particularly effective. And that distilled wisdom is distilled wisdom, even if the person giving that distilled wisdom is either wrong about lots of other things or even wrong about aspects of that. So when you quote somebody, you're not necessarily saying, I want you to make this person your life coach. You're saying this statement of wisdom is, has been worded really, really well. Um, sometimes that Every writer has to be willing to quote people he disagrees with. If you if you can't, you can't write. If you only Mm -hmm. quote people that you agree with, how can you discuss subjects that you disagree with? How can you you're you're, you're limited to to citing only people that you agree with on almost everything? And that's Mm -hmm. neither logical, probably not possible. And I don't think is spiritual. So I don't think it's any I don't think it's any different for me to quote a guy on Twitter than I would quote in my book. In a book I'm writing, right? And people reading a book will will understand that and agree with that, but for some reason they disassociate that with who I quote on Twitter. The truth is, everybody we quote is wrong about all kinds of (laughs) things.
0: Right? There may never have been a more Tom Brennan quote than what you just said right there.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, if I quote you, you're wrong about something. If I quote Martin, he's wrong. If I quote my if you guys quote me, I'm wrong about stuff. Yeah. So we cannot make the bar perfection because that's impossible. Otherwise, we'd only quote scripture, scripture. Right. And so I'm not arguing that we that sh- that there we should always be willing to quote everybody about everything. I'm saying if somebody mm-hmm. words something in a really good way, that is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Use it. So so to
0: some of your quotes tend to be ironic. Like I'll just use the one that you quoted um, from Ravi Zacharias and caught a lot of heat for that. And I actually thought that what he said versus kind of how his testimony has devolved, um, was ironic. Like he said this, but he didn't live it. And now you didn't, you didn't point that out, but it seemed like maybe that was even accomplished through that. Was that something you had in mind when you put his quote on?
1: Sure. Yeah. Because the distilled wisdom of that quote, he was saying in essence, I don't remember what the quote was, but the distilled yeah, wisdom of that quote was, People won't remember what you teach if your life doesn't back it up
2: Mm and summarizing.
1: And when you come across a quote by Ravi saying that and you're like, oh, wow, that (laughs) became unintentionally really powerful. Right. It drives the point home because of who said it specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, sometimes that's that's the point. But most of the time it's not. It's it's I'm generally. You know, agreeing with with whatever this individual said, and of course, even in that case, I was agreeing with what he said. The truth was that his life showed the opposite, and that made the quote more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, it is fun because you quote a lot of people who you obviously would not agree with philosophically. Um,
1: you or quote, doctrinally,
0: or doctrinally, yeah. Um, you quote people who are who are alive. I do I that. That you you've, you've kind of got this this reputation that's actually not a true representation of your, your practice, which is that you only, you know, you won't pick up a book by someone who's still living. (coughs) No, you just prefer books by men who have already died and lived their lives. I think
1: there's, I think there's wisdom in reading dead guys and in tilting your reading toward that. And I think everybody understands that no matter what they throw it be otherwise.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't, (laughs) they do throw a lot at you.
1: But but to your point about about quoting all kinds of people, you know, I'll quote transcendentalists like Emerson and Thoreau, I'll mm-hmm. quote Henry Ward Beecher, who had uh, at least one mistress, maybe two, you know, I'll quote you quoted A.W. Toes earlier. He was a horrible mm-hmm. father. I'll mm-hmm. quote Billy Sunday. He was a horrible father, um, which it, we're not saying that they were right about those things, nor are we saying go read everything they ever wrote on the subject they're wrong about or said on the subject they're wrong about. Mm-hmm. Um. But that 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 a good quotes like an arrow, it just flies through the air and pierces. And Mm -hmm. it's one thing to launch that arrow to accomplish an intended point. It's another thing to say to someone, go read everything this guy ever wrote and make him your life coach. And that's not what a quote does Mm -hmm. as I view it. And the other thing I wanted to say, and this is not I mean, this is just coming to my mind at the moment. And I hope our listeners understand this and and my followers on Twitter understand this. Each of the three of us are independent Baptists, mm-hmm. not just doctrinally, but practically. So we are going to do and say things where we disagree with each other. Um, and I don't think it's fair to hold my co-hosts of this podcast responsible for what I say, what I write in my blog. I published a blog post this morning about suffering. If they disagree with it, they shouldn't be held accountable for it. It's under my name. If I quote myself, if I quote somebody on Twitter, it's under my name. Um, mm-hmm. We work hard as a group of men to try to be careful what we say in this podcast. That we either agree with it or we're open about our disagreement and reasonable about it. But you guys are not responsible for what I say, and you shouldn't be held to account for what I say. Someone I wants agree to with fuss that. with me about that; they should fuss yes. with me about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I and I will say, uh, I will say, anything, any feedback that that I've received has been minimal. It hasn't. It hasn't been with you know. Oh, there hasn't been a lot of well, vitriol. It's mostly directed at you, which I'm happy of. So, well,
2: I was thinking that, you know, earlier, and actually, uh, Jared brought it out in the comments there that we probably shouldn't quote Solomon and Proverbs since he didn't follow his own advice. Thank and you, Jared. I think that's very, very relevant.
0: Yeah. By the way, um, a lot of you have put in some really good things about yesterday, your weekend, and good, uh, good, really good. appreciate that. One of them says that they took your advice. During the New Year's resolution episode, Brother Brennan mentioned a year ago. So he set up updating his church constitution and bylaws, and he wants you to elaborate on that sometime. So maybe we should um, save that for a live at some point. Um, but uh, I just thought that it was pretty cool that people are listening
1: to you, Tom. So that's. And I don't look at the comments when we're doing this because I'm a different generation. I find that difficult to do, but I will come by and I will read every comment that's given on this live episode, and I'll try to respond to that one.
0: So do we have any other feedback, Tom? Uh,
1: the other one I thought that was most interesting was uh, one of our listeners who brought up uh, uh, something in relation to our name, gently taking issue with it. And I say gently because their their intention was good. So let me read you what they wrote. They said, uh, hey, brother, enjoying the podcast. I thought an explanation to the word issues in Proverbs 4.23 could be helpful for listeners. I wrote it out because I've never explained it before. I used to think the word issues in this verse meant topics, which parenthetically is essentially how we're using it. As, as a podcast, back to his, his uh, statement, but in recent years, I learned that the use of the word is the same as the woman who had an issue of blood, Matthew nine twenty, There was blood flowing from her. This definition is also in the dictionary is defined as something that flows or comes out of. We have to protect our hearts because from them flow everything that has to do with our lives. In the Spanish Bible, it says uh, mana or mania, which means to flow out of or to spring up to. Unlike English, this is the only meaning of the word, and it does not also mean topics. So essentially it's saying that we're using this term as topics when it shouldn't refer to topics. Mm-hmm. And so wanted to see if we had an intelligent response to that.
0: Well, we did, but then Martin's internet dropped out. And so
1: it's just me and you. So
0: no, no, no response.
1: <laughs> this is, this is unintentionally an insight into what happens when we're recording. Oh, because my goodness. Inevitably we always have enormous there, there problems is. and we have to pay for well, it. Over.
2: Okay. Let me, let me fill you in. Okay. I didn't drop out, but I have a cold today and I'm struggling so nobody uh you so know, you are, I was you abandoned conscientious us. just for a moment just for a moment
0: <laughs> actually how he jumped back in was even funnier because he was like hey hey, hey wait 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 no no not at all um I, I, no, I was gone but I could still hear you okay well he's always listening then good Uh, as far as response to that. No, I agree with that. And I think, you know, you said parenthetically we're using it as topics and, and to a degree that's true, but that, that was not necessarily the root of why we, why we chose that verse, you know, literally all these topics that we speak of deal with things that come out of the heart of man and flow from the heart of man. And so we do want to deal with the heart of the issue. I think that um, for a lot of people that the, the problem that they have with how, you know, we could say the independent Baptist movement or whatever has dealt with things is, is that it has seemed as if, uh, whether this is real or just perceived, that we've dealt with things at a very surface level, when right. in reality, we need to take the word of right. God and go deeper. Now, I, I'm not for, you know, the wrong kind of deeper life uh, theology but I think that the right kind is, is that we've got to get in the word of God. We've got to see what the Bible says about these issues. And we've got to base our living off of what the scripture says. And so I actually like the way that he summarized um, the interpretation of that verse. And I would agree with it. And I would say that that's what we're going to try to do, you know, going forward. We, we, we explained it in a threefold manner. One is that, you know, as the the three of us know, we have issues. And so, um, we're not trying to to set ourselves up as some side of some sort of authority on anything. Yeah. Um, the other is that we do want to deal broadly with a lot of different topics here on the podcast. But at the core of what that is is that we want to deal with things at a heart level. Um, you know, putting a band-aid on some of these issues is just quite frankly not sufficient. We've got to know what the Bible says and and go that direction. so I, I like it. I like what Kyle sh- what Kyle Sheridan said.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was valid. And, and I agree with your explanation. Wow.
1: You can tell Martin's not feeling well today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Going going on from the name, um, we had, of course we started the year in January with, um, personal devotions and introducing the, the rebrand and all of that. We dealt with handling criticism, um, something that i'm i'm still trying to figure out you know quite frankly um new year's resolutions and surprisingly got more more listenership and response on that one than i expected you know we record these things and then we put them out and i think and eh, this one's not going to land or whatever and that was one i did not anticipate getting as much um favorable feedback on we got some on that um any anything on any of those episodes tom before i just Keep breezing no, through. Sure. Not
1: okay. Not that struck out to me.
0: Um, we did. <laughs> we did one on the, an analysis of the church attendance crisis, and um, th- you know that one. I felt like we had a good conversation on. But the, the one I really enjoyed. So I'm giving my own feedback. Was the most recent one, and that was Ben Sinclair's um, missionary partnerships. Just to be honest with you, I benefited from that probably more than uh, more than I thought I would. Um mm-hmm. so if folks who are who are watching this right now have not had a chance to go back and watch that or listen to that particular episode, you know, I'm gonna encourage you to go back and listen to the one on missionary partnerships. That's that's been my favorite of the year. Um, because I think it has the potential to help the most churches in an okay. area that yeah. that we often um struggle in or or we we're kind of aimless at it, right? And mm-hmm. and I, I thought, wow, that was. Super, super helpful. And we gave away a few of his books, by the way. So some of our listeners and Facebook and Twitter followers got a book. Is that correct, Tom?
1: That is correct. I think we sent three or four out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Well, I think a lot of times these conversations, they are conversations that we are having anyway. And so we benefit from the content in as much as we're learning from each other. And we're kind of thinking things out loud and sharing what we've learned. And certainly the one you mentioned with Ben Sinclair, that was That was tremendous. And I'm looking forward to one that we're releasing later in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, again, it was such a blessing to me. And so it's always a great thing when other people have been blessed and helped by those conversations as well. Yeah. And and, and I think, go ahead, Tom.
1: That's the part of feedback that is encouraging. We we certainly welcome questions. We're not above questions. We certainly want to want to answer questions, but the feedback that says this was a blessing, that's our paycheck, right? I mean we're not getting paid for this. You know the, the <laughs> No, we're the, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's costing us. But the the paycheck is, you know, we have been able to help somebody and that that just that just warms our hearts. Yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We have um several coming out here in the in the future starting next Tuesday. Um you guys cool if I share, um, kind of what we have coming ahead of us? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this one will come before or after, um, the other two that I'm going to mention, but we do have a, an episode coming out on biblical restoration and it's a conversation, um, on that very topic. I I really feel as if, um, Oh man, I feel as if it's a difficult conversation, but in order to be biblical, the conversation should be, but it should be difficult. It should be, there should be some tension on it. Um, And then either before or after that one, we haven't really decided in what order we're going to put these out. We have two coming out that are kind of part one and part two. Um, We didn't intend for it to be that way at the beginning, but it kind of morphed into that. We have an episode on generational issues And so, really, the way way we focused that was, what can the younger generation of Christian servants give by way of honor, uh, recognition, um, and and deference to the older generation? And that was, as I recall, a very insightful conversation between the three of us. Following that, that kind of led to having uh, another interview uh, where we reached out to Brother Arby Ouellette. And Brother Willette has been a personal mentor to me. And so we did an entire episode on mentoring. And he was very gracious with that, um, joined us and recorded that. And so we'll put those two back to back either way. So restoration and then generational issues, uh, and then how to be how to be a good mentor, how to, how to address mentoring, how to find a mentor. Um, and boy, it's just a super, super insightful um conversation. Martin, we have some uh, some feedback that are, that is coming in on the, uh, on the Facebook. And, and I think you had a a response that you wanted to share. Someone's asking, what are our thoughts on the Asbury revival? And Tom is is mad that I
2: even acknowledged the question. I could see it. (laughs) I am a (laughs) harmless fuzzy teddy bear. <laughs> Tom is such a soft and gentle spirit that I, I resent that you painted him in such a disparaging way. So, uh, yeah, um, finally, someone understands. Just the yeah, old tether. guys have to stick together. I get it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, um, so we had the question there about the Asbury revival. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about revival, and I think awakenings and the whole <laughs> biblical position of it, the history of it. I think at this stage, you know the the answer that I'm kind of going to comes from Gamaliel in Acts chapter five, when the Sanhedrin's together and they're discussing what's going on. And, you know, his response is refrain, let them alone. If this council or this work be of men, it will come to naught. If it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. So, you know, I'm very much of the, yeah, I've got thoughts. I've got opinions, but right now it's, it's, if it's of God, he'll use it. If it's not, He'll overthrow it. And so that would be kind of my uh my mm-hmm. response
1: uh to you that
2: question. You don't feel like that's a dodge? Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, yes, oh. yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> no, I I think there there would be a deeper response to it. I've definitely got a lot of, you know, ideas and thoughts I haven't studied. Years.
1: I mean if you What's if that? you have thoughts if you have thoughts on that, deeper thoughts on that, why don't you just I don't mean to be attacking you here. Why don't you just share those if you have them?
2: Uh, Teddy bear's out of the window. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) stand up for yourself, man. Um, Okay, well, I would say- I'm sure you have a reason. Yeah, well, number one, I think it's too soon. Now, Uh, there are elements I could pick at and I could say, okay, I like this. I don't like this. Um, there, There are personality issues. I know there are things that I would quantify as being- evidence of revival, but it may not be the same in someone else's life. And that's not a doctrinal thing. That's a, okay, that's not the way I do it. Um, I'm not close enough to really have an informed opinion. And I've looked at video reports of others and there are articles being written and it's going to be analyzed and passed for years to come. It's just turned into one of those things. But as of right now, as far as a public response in a forum like this, I would have to go with Gamaliel and say, if it's of the Lord, he'll own it. If it's not, he'll overthrow it.
1: See, I think all of that was so wise. And I'm glad I asked you that question because it really, y- your statement that I'm not close enough to it. I don't see it well enough. And it's too soon to make an accurate estimate of it. I think that's just wisdom in general about whatever is the scuffle of the moment. And, and I, think, I think you're just wise about that. i yeah. very kind of you. am I back to being a teddy bear?
0: Yeah. Well, I agree with Martin for what I think are biblical reasons. And that's part of the reason that I preached that sermon last night to our folks, because I had a a gentleman um, in our church yesterday say, Hey, I just caution you, you know, let's not even, we we shouldn't even address that. I go, well, there's some wisdom in not addressing it. And then there was the other side of it which is you know the bible says try the spirits to see whether they are of god right. and that phrase of god shows up a lot in first john and i like it but the reality is as as i studied it out i realized that i could come to three conclusions if i'm you know judging all things and the bible says that we should judge with righteous judgment right so judge not is is not the only part of that that passage of scripture it says that we should judge righteously and then Paul said, to first Thessalonians, he said, prove all things, hold fast to that, which is good. Yeah. You know, I came to the conclusion that if I prove all things, if I try the spirits, then I'm going to come to one of three conclusions. And the first one could be that I could condemn it because biblically it's not, it's not conducive to to scripture. I could confirm it as being good. Paul did that, or excuse me, Barnabas did that with Paul and he brought him in when everyone else was going, wait mm, a minute. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Or I could say I what Martin said, which is I don't have enough information and I am content to let the Lord deal with this. I'm content to let the Lord be the determiner, you know, and, and my the verse that I come to on that is first Corinthians four, where it says, judge nothing before the time, because there will be a day when all of the works of unrighteousness, darkness, light, it will be it will be parsed out. Jesus said he would separate for the wheat from the tares in the last day. Um and so if I'm coming to one of those conclusions more often, I guess, to an extreme more often than I am others, I may have a bias. And I recognize I'm a te- I am tend to be an optimistic person um, to where if I hear that something like that's going on, I go, man, I sure hope that's, I hope that's of God. Uh, I'm three hours from Asbury and I'm not going down there, guys. I'm not driving over there. <laughs> I'm not going to sit in a service and try to, in an hour's time, discern. The other thing I know is that when John the Baptist preached and when Jesus preached, you know, Jesus said to the to the people, what went she out to see a man clothed in soft raiment. Um, Jesus had naysayers in his meetings too. Um, That being said, I think it's something that we should be careful of, you know, and that's, I didn't preach on the Asbury revival last night. I just said, you know, what, what are we supposed to do as Christians when an athlete says he's a a Christian? Oh yeah. You know, I want to, first of all, give thanks to my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Oh man. You know, that's a Christian. The next time you see him, he's, he's cussing. And he's chewing out the ref and he's, he's just not showing forth the fruit of righteousness. Um, or what are you doing in a politician? Because we're getting ready to go into an election year next year. And every politician that wants a Republican vote is going to say, the most important thing to me is my faith. They're going to say that. And it's my job not to be cynical, but to be spiritually skeptical without being judgmental. Unless yeah. I can confirm that this is not of God. Yeah. And what is the difference
2: confirms, between being cynical and being discerning. There you go.
0: There you go. I, I like th- that word much better than skeptical um, discernment is there. So my, my position is similar to Martin, not because I'm, I'm trying to dodge the issue, but because I truly have seen so many conflicting reports. And the one thing I know is we're not going to be able to discern the genuineness of this event through social media because social media is a dumpster fire. So by the way, thank you for watching our Facebook live.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for watching yeah. on social media, but it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> I just think
1: there's real wisdom in both of you in, in not, because I have, I, I you know, I've got peers that are all over the map on this, you know, right. criticizing people who are criticizing it, <laughs> uh, criticizing it, people criticizing people who are said nothing about it. And I'm one of those, I've said nothing about it, I'm not going to, right I, I think, and it's not that I'm afraid to take a stand. I think that's fairly well understood. Um, I just think we're we're sway so prone to overreact to whatever is just the current issue of the moment. It's right. just not how I want to live my life. It's not how I want to tr- teach my church to, mm-hmm. to function, you know, and so, I, you know, most of the time, I think the wisdom is just move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And David Peters, Peterman has a really good comment on this. He said, I didn't address it. But I was asked about it, which is significant pastoring in rural Vermont. He said, like it or not, our people are influenced by it. And he said, I want it to be real. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, I shared my caution to embrace it without of embracing it without discernment. And I also shared my discontentedness with the reality of God's people looking more to elsewhere for God to do a thing instead of looking for God to do a good thing in us. And Amen. that that is so true. You know, one of the one of the signs or one of the ways we can try the spirits, according to A.W. Tozer is that we need to watch how it affects our view of self. And if, if it tends us toward pride, you can almost guarantee that it's not of God. Uh, But if it results in a humility, then there's a, there's more of a likelihood there. And so uh, appreciate the question. And I I kind of felt like we were going to get it. I kind of hated to even mention it, but I am glad that we, we talked about it. So um, we have um, a little bit of time left today and our, our goal is to, and by the way, thanks, Dan. He says he really appreciate appreciates our perspective there. A lot of folks who are watching today, we want to address an, another um, modern phenomenon and modern in the sense of the last um, last few weeks, it's really kind of taken hold and, and become the topic of conversation. And that is, how is AI, artificial intelligence, going to affect our ministries? How is it already affecting our ministries? And uh, what should we think about that? I mean, Martin, uh, we, we kind of tasked Martin with being, being the, I can't even, he's, he's right now on AI asking questions about Tom's beard. I, I don't know, I don't know what's, what exactly is going on there, but who wants to kick this discussion off? I mean, AI, it's, it's real, it's here, and what are we going to do about it?
1: I don't think it's an issue at the moment. I think it's a permanent
2: issue that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say it's a broader question. First of all, about technology, and uh, and I said something the other day, and it's not original with me. I don't know where I saw it, but we need a theology of technology. Yeah. So, what place does technology hold in our overall lives? Because it's not something we can avoid, short of living in a kind of Amish-like, um, you know, lifestyle. We've got to acknowledge that it's here, and it is out to get us. I mean. Technology wants to make money, and it is neutral to a degree, but only in as much as it's used or it's programmed and designed. And so I think we've got to be very deliberate about our thoughts on technology from a biblical perspective.
1: How would you Mm -hmm. define technology, Martin?
2: Um, Let me ask artificial intelligence. (laughs) Oh, he's going to do this. I am. So I would say um, technology can be, you know, just the most modern bow and arrow. I mean, technology as far as development and tools and usage. I think what we're talking about, though, um, is the, the the computer side of it, the social media aspect of it, virtual reality, mm-hmm. technology, even in terms of computerized tools that we use in our everyday life. Um, and technology is its really in everything. Um, artificial intelligence tells me that technology can be defined as the application of scientific knowledge and engineering school, skills and so on. Um, but I think really it's, it's really thinking about in my mind at the moment, primarily social media, virtual reality and tools that we use in our daily lives and how we use those for good or for real. Mm-hmm. Don't you think we have to decide
1: first whether those tools are neutral
2: Well, I think it's almost like a newspaper. I mean, a newspaper isn't inherently right or you know moral or immoral, but a newspaper can report moral or immoral things or be used in a in a certain way. Okay, so I I think
1: a printing press is neither moral nor immoral. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the technology behind the newspapers, the printing press. But a newspaper almost always has a slant. Right. It has an editorial team. It has a. It has a. You know historically in America anyway has been a Republican or or Democrat, and that's its stance. So mm-hmm. that newspaper, what you read in that newspaper is not generally neutral. I think most of our listeners or watchers today would agree with that in relation to the media. so maybe maybe it's not that technology is not neutral. It's how that technology is used is not necessarily neutral.
2: Right, yeah, no I think that's you know that would be a fair assessment. I- but I mean, like the internet. What is the internet? The internet is a, it's a medium. It's a device. And maybe if you said, okay, the internet is like the printing press. It's, it's just what it's behind everything. But then, how is it used? And so you know, and it may be worthy of a more lengthy episode. But I think we've got to have a, an idea of how do I use the technology that's in the world around me in mm-hmm. honoring God and serving others. Um, because if not, we're just going to stumble through it. And if we're not deliberate about it, we're going to just go with the flow. And, you know, that's, that's never a healthy thing. Yeah. I'm only- okay with, I'm okay with that in moderation. You know, I, I'm okay
0: with, with that, with your view on what you've explained thus far. And I, like you said, it may be worthy of a, a more lengthy conversation or its own episode, but, um, in my mind, we're doing it here. So we don't have to do a full episode on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, yeah, I, there's that, I, I think, I think that the the biggest concerns that I hear from people on AI and, and, and when I say AI, I'm talking about the the most recent advent of the chat tools where you ask it a question, it spits out an answer. Um, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we played around with it in preparation for this. And I mean, you ask it to write a, write a three point sermon on a a verse in the Bible, it's going to do it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, so to Tom's point, we have to decide whether we're neutral on it. Yes. Uh, to Martin's point, I think keeping a watchful eye on it, seeing where it goes, you know, almost a, almost an in the moment approach versus a preemptive approach. I think both are helpful. Now here's where I get a little bit concerned about it. I think it, I think it could be, I think it could be a a negative from the sense that it could promote laziness, obviously. Um, you know, colleges Mm -hmm. and and high schools, they're going to have to start immediately. And I know they are, they're going to have to immediately decide how they're going to handle yep. things like paper writing, um, you know that kind of deal. Um, and that's the first thing I thought of when I started playing around with it. I was like, "Whoa, that that's great!" Now, on the other side of it, I like it for a quality control aspect, where I might write something out and I might write a write a Facebook post out for our latest um, our latest uh, episode and say, Hey, reword and improve this. And it does. And I am and I, I actually did that and took little pieces of it. So we're already contaminated guys. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we, we can use it for that. I, I don't see any problem with that. The other problem I have with it from a ministerial standpoint is that, and this was not, this thought was something that was, that someone else put out on a post, a concern. And I don't remember who it was, or I'd give them credit. Uh, maybe AI can tell us who it was, but, um, it's not capable of, of being spirit led. And if I write it, if mm, yeah. I use it to write my sermon, there's a real problem there.
1: Well, me. yeah, that, that's absolutely true. But it's even worse in the case of this because it's been programmed or yes. built by left wing. Yes. And, and that's not an exaggeration. All you got to do is ask it equivalent questions, and it shows you that it's been it's been programmed and built by people with a with a liberal political and religious mindset, Mm -hmm. and it will show up in the answers. So it's not just, I remember when when online Bible study programs first came out and I got my first one 20 some years ago, whatever, my dad who pastored for 38 years, he made a very good statement to me. He said, Tommy said, use it, but don't let it lead you around by the nose. And that was something that was put out and produced by conservative men. You know, it's good commentaries, it's Bible helps, things like that. Even that you can't let lead you around. You especially can't let an AI that's designed to write stuff from a left wing yeah. perspective lead you around.
0: Yeah. And that was going to be my, my third uh, concern was who's, who's behind the curtain. Right. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. the old wizard of Oz thing. It's like, there's always someone behind the curtain and that, that trends more toward a, a um, conspiratorial mindset. I get that. And I've had conversations with, uh, with you guys about this before and with other friends. Like I, I don't, I have no desire to be a, um, a conspiracy theorist, I, I am a bit of a closet conspiracy theorist, and that I'll admit, but there is that to consider. Now, one could argue that it's just algorithms and they're not controlling everything it says. And I agree with that. I mean, I have, I actually, you know, put some stuff out into it uh, related to a a sermon thought, you know, and like trying to see what it would do and, and what it spit out. I double-checked it. and I was like, well, that's accurate,
2: you know? Yeah, um, I, I think it's definitely got... Benefits, And I think this is where yeah. trying to strike a balance, it can be beneficial. This morning playing around with it, I asked it to write a, a WordPress plugin for me. And historically, I would have had to pay somebody, I don't know, a hundred, couple hundred dollars to do that work. And in about 60 seconds, it gave me all the code. It gave me the programming. Wow. It gave me like five steps. And, you know, with minimal understanding of computers, I could go in and get something pretty nice accomplished on a wordpress website i asked it you know give me a summary of each Mm. of the 12 apostles in 10 words or less and it gave some pretty accurate responses (laughs) and i think they're working on making it you know pretty balanced because i asked it you know is it true that religion is the opium of the people and the response it gave was it, it was pretty good but like like you said, it depends on who is mm. is behind it, and that's something uh, I think. Don the comment's gone now, but or just moved up. But um, you know, it, it's all dependent on what's put into it. So yeah. I think it can be a useful tool, but we have to have a lot of discernment in it. And mm-hmm. another concern I have is how dependent it makes us on it. And even with Logos, I think of this. Yeah, I think a lot of the benefit of getting an answer is how you came to that answer. You know, how you reasoned through yep. possibilities, you fought your way through distractions, you discarded things that were not applicable, you read something you disagreed with, you read something you agreed with, and ultimately you came to a conclusion. If you mm-hmm. skip that process, then I think you're missing out on something. And mm-hmm. we already know people are just in general lack discernment. And jump on every bandwagon that comes along. They they get all excited about whatever the most popular talking head is is going through. And they're not thinking for themselves. And the possibility with AI to, to do that exponentially more than anything we've seen before, I think is a real danger.
1: Yeah. To your point, there's that passage in Peter, I think it's Peter that says, have their senses exercised to discern both good mm-hmm. and evil. Yeah, right. That's something that has, it, it's, it's spiritual muscles that have to be developed. And if we don't develop them, if we just lean on or rely on, and this has so many extrapolations, this is so smart, Martin. If we just lean on that as to, to give us answers, you know, we will become, what's that movie? And I forget, my kids have watched it where everybody's sitting around in a motorized wheelchair and the, the computers bring, or the robots bring milkshakes. Thank you. Wally. Yep. We, we'll become the equivalent of that mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great point, Martin.
0: Yeah, now, think- one, the the feedback you were referring to, I think, was from Don Long, and he said that it's going to be slanted toward what it's taught by who's teaching it. And mm-hmm. he mentioned he he asked it a question it couldn't answer, and the answer was that it hadn't been quote taught anything new since 2021. You know, it can only learn what it's been programmed to learn. Um, the only concern I have with that, like to me, that's not enough to. And I, and I agree with what he's saying, but my concern is this: is they say that the human being, the human mind is usually only tapped up to what, like 10% of its capacity, right? Well, you asked it to write a code. And so it's got all of this that's being put in by not one person, but by thousands of people, we could say. And then it's easily accessible if you ask the right question. So it's almost like untapping the human mind yeah. uh, in that sense, even though it's somewhat crowdsourced. Um, but it's still going to, it's still going to be corrupt, right? In that sense as well. And Steve Donnelly here says it's a tool, but not a teacher, uh, and that's a good, mm. good statement. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it, Peter, David Peterman said, it's the distillation process, just like your quotes in truth, that benefits the pastor and teacher, and it needs to be exercised thereby. And so um, a lot of good, uh, good
2: feedback there. And something else I'd throw in here about technology. And I know our time is, is running to an end, but, you know, as you know, hopefully everyone will find this, this uh, podcast helpful, but speaking as a pastor we've got to stay ahead of things. And we mm-hmm. joke about, you know, you get to a certain point and you start asking your kids to set up your new phone and, you know, because it's just, you don't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there is that. I, I understand that. Um, but by the same token, you know, virtual reality, and I'm kind of processing this through. So a lot of this is maybe just thinking out loud, but more and more, it's going to disconnect us from reality. Yes. And the problem I've got with that is that this is the world that God created us to be in. And it's a world that sometimes we like and sometimes we don't. There are challenges and expected, there are things that God allows to help us grow. Social media and virtual reality is going to put us in a world that is just ideal, that it's made for us and it's not going to challenge us. It's going to throw <clears out> at <throat> us everything we want and you know, and then this is just like the surface level of an entire conversation. I think we've got to be ready for it. I think pastors need to be ready for it. And I don't think we can just push it off into the weeds and say, well, it's like radio. It's like TV. This, uh, I think it's going to be something different and more challenging. The thing I love about these conversations is that by the end
0: of our conversation, Tom has become more like Martin and Martin has become more like Tom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think he's spot on because I think the issue is so much bigger. Than, than just even the ethics or the wisdom of mm. using chat GPT, which I haven't even been on yet in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. It's, it's mm-hmm. the devil whose temptation was you'll be as gods. And I'm yeah. not against technology, right? Because God tells us, told us to subdue the earth. That's biblical. And I think technology, right? The wheel is part of that. And technology is just an advancement on that. Mm-hmm. But that whole idea that, and that's how virtual reality is sold. That's how AI is sold, that it's going to solve the problems of humanity. And we can know everything and be everywhere and eventually be eternal. We can upload ourselves onto the cloud and we can continue eternally. I've read an enormous mm-hmm. amount of science fiction in my life. And <laughs> science fiction just tells you where the world is going in the future. Yeah, yeah and, it's true. And there's, there's so much danger in all of how it's of, of what's driving the people creating these technologies. Sure. Uh, and I think we need to understand that and filter it biblically.
0: It, a couple of comments here. David Sibley says he thinks of Genesis eleven six six when it comes to AI and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Precisely, you know, tower of, Bible, tower of right? Babel.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Dan, Dan Follett says sometimes the depth comes in the subtleties of the study and learning and AI will never hear the gentle leading of God. Which voice do we want to want to lead us? and that's no. that's ex- no. exactly right and precisely what we're trying to communicate you know could it be a benefit yeah but you know again going back to what how this conversation has just kind of magically flowed together <laughs> unintentionally <laughs> i might add um discernment spiritual discernment it comes by filling ourselves with with the word it comes mm-hmm. by listening to the voice of god to the spirit of god and i believe it takes both um obviously i don't believe they'll ever contradict each other but we have to we have to be more i love this because it it just it pushes me to become more in tune with my creator all of this skepticism or this this kind of you know uncertainty about what's going on in our world today i really believe it's creating a desire for god in me and i believe that's happening in others to know what does god say about this and i have to be so rock solid in my faith and you know that's what we're trying to teach people here and i know you guys are doing the same so praise the lord amen anything to add before we shut her down
1: no sir i am looking forward to going through the comments and looking at those and responding to those appreciate those have been on today and and yeah. uh a lot of a lot of good stuff that you brought up that's that's been said, and I'm looking forward to, to looking yeah, at. Yeah, and
0: and I would say this too. You know, I would encourage our viewers right now to share this post, and when people are listening on the podcast, share the word about it. We're we're just doing word of mouth to let people know about it, and uh, we're always amazed at the people that that are touched or influenced through it. And so uh, we give God all the glory for that, and we don't take it lightly. So thank you to our Amen. viewers and listeners for Amen. your interaction with us as well. Awesome. All right, well, we, uh, we appreciate the, uh, um, the input of all of our viewers today, and, and we look forward to joining you soon uh, as we continue with the Issues
1: Podcast.